When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Today, I have the honor of introducing you to a sweet friend of mine doing huge things to bring so many people freedom. And we talk about it all on today's show. One of the things I love about Allison is her passion for people and the story that God is writing in their lives. I also have gleaned so much wisdom from her in the way that she chases the vision that God's given her for her own story and journey. We talk about what it's like to know the Holy Spirit, the powerful process of understanding who we are in Christ so that we can go after what God's called us to, and a number of things around Allison's fight to bring freedom to those being trafficked through a national anti-trafficking organization called Rescue America, and those also on a fertility journey through an incredible first-of-its-kind in vitro fertilization insurance company called Vitality. As you dive in to learn more about Allison's story, see where you find yourself in your own journey to pursue the passions that God has placed on your heart. There may be a thing or two that jumps out as you tune in today. So without further ado, I hope you pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee, and dive in with us to The Places Between. Allison, I'm so excited to have you on this week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's super fun to be here and catch up. Yeah, it totally is. It's funny as we were just talking, it's like, I feel like we get to catch up and then we just have a bunch of listeners that get to tune into our conversation. Right. So <laughs> so let's start out a little bit uh, just for some people that might be tuning in that aren't familiar with who you are. Tell us a little bit just about you. And then maybe one thing you're looking forward to in the new year. Yeah. So my name's Allison Madrigal. I was born and raised in Nebraska. I joke in the middle of a corn quote, but really it was. And so I um, have always known Jesus my whole life. But about 10 years ago, he radically revealed himself to me and has shifted my life ever since. And so um, this new year, I'm really, I've heard this over and over the, the book title, it is called uh, Ru- The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Mm. And so just more implementing that into my daily rhythms and routine of building in margin during my day and not trying to get so much done every single day, but really being in the moment for this next year Well, and ongoing. I love that. Well, and especially because 
we always come off and everybody can relate to this. We come off a season of just hurry, hurry, hurry. And yet the last couple of years, because of COVID, it kind of established a slower pace of life. And now that things are getting back to quote unquote normal, if that's ever going to be possible, (laughs) um, it's like people think that our schedules can handle what we used to be able to handle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. I think that's a great goal. Yeah. So we'll see. Yes. So where do you find yourself now? So right now I'm in a really good position right now. I feel like things are really aligned for entering into 2022. And I feel like God has just positioned us to really hold what he's going to unleash in this next year. So that's a great feeling. Oh, I love that. That anticipation of hope and all the good things. That's awesome. Well, having met you just a few years ago, I feel like we became just fast friends. We had a lot of our stories kind of like we had been through different experiences, but a lot of our stories kind of aligned. Um, Mm -hmm. For those that are listening, um, Allison and I met in a boardroom. We were talking about fighting human trafficking. And I had said something about my story and having dated an addict before. And you were so kind to just like reach out at the end of our meeting and just be like, Hey, let's grab coffee. So that was the beginning of just feeling like we had been friends for a lifetime. But I remember being just blown away by all the incredible things that you were doing in so many different areas of your life. And I'd love to talk a little bit about a few of those areas, you know, from a startup insurance company that help couples on their journey towards fertility and even fighting human trafficking and what that whole world, I mean, that's how we connected. Mm-hmm. I'd love to cover it all, but I do want to dive into just a little bit more of your story and talking about like your younger years. So yeah. tell me what came first, like passion wise, was it fighting human trafficking was, um, cause I believe that your background was in insurance. Correct. Yeah. It was. Yep. So I went to school at the university of Nebraska, got a marketing degree and um, immediately went into sales and sales management for Maytag appliances and then in the insurance industry. And um, during that time frame, I, well, about eight years in, I had my quote unquote dream job, right? Of what people would think is. And about a year and a half in, I felt this internal stirring in me that I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing what I was doing, but I didn't have a clue what I was supposed to be doing. And so it was really weird year. It really was a year and a half that the Lord just had me pressing into him. I knew my answer was not going to find a different company or even a different industry per se. I just didn't know what it was I was supposed to be doing. And I, so that year and a half, I just really, really was seeking the Lord. And at that time frame too, there was a cross in my point in my life. I had been in many broken relationships with men. And so really coming to my knees to the Lord on that. And through that realizing God can actually speak to me. So I was born and raised in the Lutheran church, love the Lutheran church, but I was never taught that actually I can hear God's voice and I can dialogue with him and I can understand what he wants for my life. And so that was a journey of when I realized I could hear the Lord's voice, everything shifted. And so it was about a year and a half when I was still in the insurance industry my brother and sister-in-law were going through infertility. And so I saw them spending all this money on IVF and not sure 
if um, they were going to have a baby. And so I just had my insurance hat on and thinking, man, isn't there a way where if they don't have a baby, they could get their money back? And so that led to me really like praying about it, but I had this internal excitement about it. And then everything just started coming to me. So I found the actuary data, the CDC tracks every single procedure. I found out I could potentially get a patent. It was like open door, open door, open door. And so I remember it was like, I would be up till two o'clock in the morning working on my business plan and having to go to work the next day. But I had to force myself to go to bed because there was just this excitement in me. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, the, I, and I was praying for the first six months of that, that God would just close the door if this was not from him. And it was just like open door, open door. So I finally changed my prayer and I said, okay, God, I believe this is your vision this is your, you want me to do this. So show me your vision. And at yeah. that time, I had just found out about a year earlier about trafficking and that it actually exists in the world through a mission trip in India. And so I prayed the prayer of show me your vision. And it was so clear. It was not the audible voice of the Lord, but it was very close. He said, take 50% of your profits to fund anti-trafficking work. Wow. And so at that moment, I was like, that is it like I just knew it. And so fast forward, I actually ended up leaving my corporate job four months after that wow. um, to start the insurance product. And so my plan was going to be company's going to be go up and going in six months. And then we're just going to fund all these anti-trafficking organizations. Well, because well, yeah, God told you give 50% and you're thinking, sweet, that means we're going to be making millions. <laughs> Exactly. I'm like, well, the numbers look good. I can surely get 50%. <laughs> wow. Although the Lord had a completely different plan. It took me two and a half years to get an insurance carrier to back the product. So I met with over 60 different carriers pitching the idea. And um, so during that time frame, I started just interviewing different nonprofits on the anti-trafficking landscape and understanding the issue at large. And from a funding perspective, if we're going to fund something, what's the greatest gap and what do we need to fund? And so that whole journey took me to a glaring gap in the anti-trafficking movement, not only in Houston, but found out in most major cities is that, you know, there's this, these groups that do outreach and awareness. And then there's a lot of long-term care homes, but there's no way to effectively get the women out of their situation mm -hmm. assess and stabilize and then pair them and match them with that best long-term care home. And so I saw this huge gap and then I met a sweet friend of mine, um, who's now a sweet friend of mine, Jeff Shaw out of Atlanta. And he had started a hotline there and he said, yeah, look, we'll help you do whatever you need to get this hotline going in Houston. Wow. And so again, and I'm just working my insurance deal. So it's like maybe 15, 20 hours a week. So I'm having all this free time. So I start building this infrastructure and it becomes time to launch. And I realize, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to run this organization because my insurance product had not been picked up yet. So yeah, I remember going home that day. One of the nonprofits um, I was pretty close to, they said, Allison, we need this hotline here. You just need to start it. We'll be your fiscal sponsor. Like do it, commit to 30 days, doing it in 30 days. And I'm like, so I go home that day and I... I'm like, Lord, if you want this hotline here, you've got a lot of work to do. I needed to, a place to take the women off the street. I needed law enforcement connections. And I really needed to figure out how we were doing the exits. But in seven days, everything had came to me. Wow. And so at that point, I knew it was almost like the fear of the Lord of like, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to do this. And so... All that to say, so I started leading this organization that honestly, I didn't, I mean, 
I knew what I was doing from a business perspective, but not from a nonprofit and from a anti-trafficking. I mean, it was like the Lord was just teaching me day by day. And so about four months into that, my insurance product got finally picked up by an insurance carrier. And so I was, I basically tried to give Rescue Houston at the time. It's now Rescue America. I tried to give it away for about the first two and a half years and because I didn't realize I was supposed to run it or lead it. I just kind of tripped trying to give it off to somebody else. Yes. And then, then after the second executive director failed, I was like, okay, Lord, I get it. I'm supposed to lead this. And so that's when we really built for national expansion and scaling and where we are today. So yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Well, there's so many pieces that you just talked about that I'd love to dive back into, but tell us a little bit, you know, I'm on Rescue America's email list. So yes. I just recently got to read the year end, you know, 2021 summary. Can you share with us some of those numbers? Absolutely. Yeah. So in 2021, so just kind of a backstory, we started in Houston, but in 2019 started receiving calls from across the country. And so we've had over 700 hotline calls in this year, 200 of that 235, 245 individual survivors And of those 245, 90 have exited the life. And so what that means is we've actually, when they call the hotline, we strategize with them how to help them leave their trafficker pimp and get them into a safe location, assessed to be placed in that long-term care home. So um, the whole strategy part, a lot of people think it's breaking down doors and going in and rescuing, but it's a very, very mental rescue, as I like to say, as helping them realize, no, they're in a very, very bad relationship because many of the women fall in love with their trafficker. Mm. Pip. So it's breaking down those mental barriers, those lies that they believed, and then strategizing how they can get away into starting the next steps in their healing journey. Wow. That's incredible. Well, thank you for leading that cause. And, you know, for those that have listened before, I had John DeYoung, the founder of Shift, on at an earlier time in 2021. So we did talk a a little bit about sex trafficking and the um, commercial sex trafficking industry that exists globally. And I just think that you hear these statistics and it's so easy just to gloss over. And Mm -hmm. I'll never forget watching a film. It had completely something to do with completely something else regarding like war and Sierra Leone around the diamonds. But I remember there was this line in the film that somebody had said, I think it was Don Cheadle. um, His character had said, like, people are going to watch this and hear about it on the news, but then they're going to be like, oh, that's sad and go back to eating their dinner. Because when the numbers are that big, it's really, really hard to put your mind around the fact that Trafficking is an everyday issue. It happens all over the globe. And it's not just in these little red light districts of other countries. It's happening in our neighborhoods. So I know that was a huge passion of mine, having dated an addict that, um, thank God by his grace, um, this man that I dated never got involved in purchasing sex. But when you're addicted to sex, you'll eventually go to great lengths to see what you can have access to. And I think a lot of people that are, this is like me preaching. (laughs) I think a lot of people that are okay with the idea of pornography in their house, they don't know the, the grip that it has on them and just 
everything of their life and how it pulls you into darker and darker places. And what 15-year-old boy would say, oh, I would never plan to be an addict. At 25, they come face-to-face with, they're an addict, they're contemplating or they have purchased sex. And then what they don't realize is where they're purchasing sex is actually put like more than likely someone that's being trafficked. Yep. Absolutely. So, oh, so it's such a, I mean, it's such a deep complex area, but, um, I do like, it's incredible to see the things that rescue America is doing. And, and you had just said that you went from rescue Houston to rescue America. So mm-hmm. for sake of just sharing a little bit more, can you share like the hotline number and then your website? And if anybody has other questions, I'd love to direct them just to your website to find out more info. So the hotline number is 713-322-8000. Our website's rescueamerica.ngo. And since we are, you know, we are about 50% of our hotline calls come from, we call it out of territory. So where we have volunteer boots on the ground, which right now is Houston, Denver, Wyoming, and Dallas. Our goal for 2022 is really to deploy the church, the community to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go be the rescue boots on the ground. And so we're looking for those people that feel called to the movement in different cities Feel like they can be a leader kind of of that local team in that local in the, in their city. And so if you're interested or you have a heart, just email us at info at rescueamerica.ngo and um, we'll get back with you and share kind of our process and how we go about that. Cool. Thank you. And for those listening, I will tag all of that in the show notes. So make sure you um, consult those as well. So Now, I want to dive back into a little bit of your story and how you were talking about like God leading you on this journey and you think it's going to be this insurance product and then like this other stuff fast forwards you into fighting trafficking. And for those that are listening that are kind of still in that spot that they're wrestling with, I don't know what I'm passionate about, or I know what I'm passionate about, but that's not what I'm doing. And I'm in a career or a job whether or not they're enjoying their career or job. A lot of people really enjoy their work, but they want to find something that they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. So any tips for listeners that you would say, like how to press into like what God might be calling them into? Absolutely. So yeah, I um, have learned and believe, you know, the greatest the greatest thing that God wants us is an intimacy and relationship with him. And so, um, and yes, he wants us to go out and bring the kingdom, but his first priority is for us to know him and to be into intimacy with him. And so I always encourage people. I remember in those years when I was in insurance, I would just be craving to go learn more, to read the Bible. And so just diving in deep, reading, listening to podcasts, just knowing learning and knowing God, because there's so much about him that we're not taught in the Western church, or we're maybe actually taught incorrect belief systems. And so um, I would just say, focus on knowing him. And while you're doing that, he will guide and open doors for you to walk through and maybe to volunteer or maybe to meet somebody. And that may lead to another open door. I mean, that's what happened with the trafficking movement. I had one phone call um, with the Passion Conference, and I had no idea about trafficking. And then that phone call connected me to Jeff Shot out of darkness in Atlanta. And then everything else was 
another appointment, another appointment. So it was just this like, go to this point and be obedient. Okay, now go to this point and be obedient. And I joke, but it's really true that the Lord has taught me how to really let the spirit lead an idea or an organization because I didn't know what I was doing. So I didn't Mm. I didn't have a plan. And so I couldn't, I literally couldn't get in the way of God because I didn't know what I was doing. And so, um, but with Vitality Solutions, my insurance company, I had the whole business plan. I had the actuary model. I had all of it down to a T and that's not how it went. And so, um, so yeah, just really just pressing into the Lord and following him one day, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and it's so interesting to hear you talk about, it could be the Western church. It could be the denomination that we grew up in. You know, I remember a spot being in college and I was like, I think I'm saved, but I don't know what the Holy Spirit is. <laughs> you know, like, like I knew it was God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. But then to actually see if I understood or could teach or tell somebody about the Holy Spirit. I had no clue. And I think God is in his faithfulness is so, he's so gentle that like, he's the gentleman. He's never going to force himself into your life. If we want to know more of him, we have to invite him and we have to actually be like, show me. So on that journey to find out more because I really wanted to know God. I wanted to know all the things that were available for me. I had never experienced Christian music that talked about promises. I mean, this is a long time ago. I'm dating myself, but <laughs> but now there's these incredible worship movements that are like talking about the Holy Spirit and inviting him into our lives and you know, God beckoning us forward. But I think God in his gentle way, when we invite him to do whatever he needs to do or to take us deeper, that that's when we actually get to know him. So like, it just blows my mind. There's so many people that have been through that upbringing of thinking, I think I'm saved and I love God and, and I go to church on a weekly basis and I do X, Y, Z, but it's how many are cultivating that like intimate relationship with the Lord that they can understand when God speaks to them, they can actually be like, Oh, that's God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Him. So Absolutely. at what age did you start pressing in to seek more of who God was? And, and- right about at age 30. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I said, I'd grown up in the Lutheran church my whole life. I'd gone to church, you know, I did my tithe, but there was the one area in my life of relationships with men that I didn't let the Lord into because he revealed to me later that I had believed a lie from the enemy that because I made a promise to God that I would save myself till marriage. And then that didn't happen. The lie that I believed from the enemy was, well, I'm still going to heaven, but God doesn't love me as much because I broke a promise to him. So why would he want to enter into this area in my life and give me this, uh, this husband. And so I subconsciously got out of that area of my life for a good 15 years. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just incredible how you can be subconsciously doing stuff or you can be doing something and not even knowing that you're doing it until Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Well, yeah, that's so, that's so true. And I just even think 
limiting beliefs that God has revealed to me over the last five, six, maybe seven years. And and I've talked about this earlier on the podcast in terms of limiting beliefs. And there's so many that we just accept as like our quote unquote lot in life or well, I guess. And yet God is so big and so good. And just, it's like, if we could get past those limiting beliefs to believe that like his promises are available for us too. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I think that's, I was talking about this recently, like the enemy is so good about causing us to doubt. Yes. Like, but did God really, or like, oh, surely not you. Like, it's just this slight tweak of an incredible truth that's available to us. And then he tries to rob it or steal it from us by being like, well, are you sure? Remember that time? Right. And if we can actually get to a place where we're like, we're commanding our mind to come into alignment with God's word, we're taking every thought captive. And I was, I literally feel like this has just been a theme of like so many people's lives lately of taking every thought captive and, and actually rehearsing God's promises and who we are so that we can be equipped to go do the work that he's called us to, you know, because how can we be effective for fighting human trafficking or, you know, helping couples in their in vitro process if, like if we're paralyzed. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, wow. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about vitality, just because I think it's such an incredible vision. And I know you touched on it briefly earlier about coming alongside a couples and their in vitro process, but mm-hmm. can you share a little bit more? Yeah. So actually what happened with vitality, we launched, I focused on vitality for a whole year. And then I had a very, very hard personal season that I went through, was married to actually an, an addict, a buyer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, God, I have no capacity to do this. If you want, if you want this going, like you're going to have to do it. And then immediately I was put on a new station with the number two IVF doc in the country, <laughs> which so we sold like six policies right, you know, off the bat of that, that one airing. And so I'm like, well, I guess we're not shutting this down. But the insurance product itself, if the couple goes through three attempts at IVF and they don't have a baby, they get their money back. So it's a financial insurance on their financial investment in the IVF process. And so um, since that point, you know, policies have trickled in, but honestly, I've had so much focus on rescue that I really have not put focus on vitality. And so um, this last year, we actually, um, the insurance carrier, we're in the midst of finding a new insurance carrier because the one that initially wrote us is not writing us anymore. So we're in this weird season of, again, it's on the altar with the Lord, like, Lord, do you, is this still, do you still wanted to do this or is your mission accomplished with it? And the one thing the Lord has showed me very clearly in the beginning was the percentage of people who go through IVF. It's very, very minimal. It's like 0.3% of all people who are suffering from infertility. And so I know the Lord's heart is for all, all people, right? And so the Lord also revealed, I was on a run one day and it's a lot of times God will just start downloading things. And I was listening to this podcast about the prophets of Baal when Elijah went up to the mountain on Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, and there were 450 prophets of Baal. 
Well, in my Bible, the footnote says the prophet of Baal, the, the Baal God was the God of fertility and the God of prostitution. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? And so this podcast was going on and it hit me. There are approximately 450 IVF clinics in the country. And the Lord said, the people are looking to the doctors and the clinics as their God. I need you to put it back to me. And so that always just has really, really just, you know, hung there. And so I don't know, this is just vision coming out. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, if you want us to point them to you, this can be for the whole infertility population. And so I'm just toying with the idea of creating a subscription-based model where our whole goal is to journey with the couple and help them hear the voice of the Lord during their infertility journey. And, you know, sometimes it could be IVF. Sometimes it could, maybe it's adoption. Maybe it's foster care. Maybe the Lord wants to heal past abortion guilt. That's actually Mm -hmm. you from getting pregnant. So I think there's so many inner things that God wants to heal in us that can be sub that can actually be preventing life in the womb. And so, um, so that's kind of what we're toying with right now which the insurance product would be a piece of again, but truly just because we know the Lord wants to meet everybody in their pain. He wants to meet them, reveal themselves to him. And he's a God of life, right? It's the enemy that comes to kill, still and destroy. And so we, when we hang and when we declare those, that those truths, that's where we start and then let the Lord lead them. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wants to lead them and we know it's always good, right? It's always healing. It's always redemption. And so um, that's what we're looking at right now. Oh, I love that so much. I'll never forget you sharing that story with me about the numbers and how that coincided with the with the Bible, the 450 yes. the number of fertility clinics. And then when you talked about how you would actually have on hand access to therapist that could actually like talk people through their journey. I just thought, gosh, that's so needed. Cause I know. So I literally know I could name off 10 people right now who Mm -hmm. struggled with fertility. And then I know at least a dozen who have also had miscarriages along the way. And that's such a lonely and hard journey because, and I think people are talking more openly about it now more than ever before, but it's such a fragile journey that it's not like you sit around with even your greater circle and talk about like your fertility issues and be like, yours, like, you know, like, of course, like best friends and like really, really close couples, they will talk about it and they'll have those hard times. but. I'm just thinking of a couple I know specifically that doesn't know the Lord and they've just gone through years and years of fertility struggles. And I'm just like, oh, if you could have somebody to walk along with you. So I just think that's so beautiful that you have therapists and counselors available and the vision. I don't think it's an accident that it's like it coincides. Right. right. I agree. I agree. And the Lord has shown me some some things of how the infertility market is connected to trafficking in some very dark ways. And so I don't, I don't have hard facts, but I I feel like I've seen it in the spirit. And so I feel like there's a bigger connection to both of them together, um, which I still don't think I see the whole picture, but, but God does. And so um, just walking it out one day at a time with him. Absolutely. 
Well, and then for those that are listening that might not necessarily have potentially a passion for fighting human trafficking, or they're like, great, I had my family, my family's complete. I don't know people that are on a struggle of fertility. Uh, Even just what you said there about like walking day by day with the Lord, like because he knows the entire picture. Mm -hmm. I just think about those that are listening of just, it's good to know other stories and it's good to be reminded of the faithfulness of God um, in those that we do life with. And even just on other guests, like that's one of the biggest things that I love getting encouragement from is people's testimonies and their faith journeys along the process of you know, just trusting God for that daily because he knows it all. He has the big picture in mind. So for Allison, how do you encourage, um, how do you encourage yourself to stay in the long game of faith and these really big visions and yet also still wanting and desiring some other personal things to happen? Yes. Anything that you've found that's that yeah go to you know just remembering what the lord has done so remembering his faithfulness and the miracles we've seen at rescue america and even vitality you know reflecting back on every from the beginning to where he's taken us and knowing that he's in it but there are definitely days where you're like you know oh my gosh god are you like <laughs> are you here today? You know, (laughs) but really in surrounding yourself with people that are truth tellers, right? So you can have really great friends, but they don't necessarily speak the truth because they might not know the Lord. And so really surrounding yourself with those people who are pouring life into you and encouraging you to press in with the Lord and encouraging you in that faith journey. And then I also look, it's funny because like, the disciples is like, no, I would never go back. Like, I can't go back to fishing or I can't go back to insurance, you know? Totally. So I don't have anywhere to go back to. So I'm here. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I talk about that a lot in terms of when Peter says to Jesus, like, well, who else are we going to follow? Like, right. we know that you're the truth. So even with as hard as it is, mm-hmm. kind of like that resolve to be like, I'll still trust you. Yes. You know? And then like that, that I believe, please help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Cause I Absolutely. think that's, that's even just a daily prayer of showing up saying, God, I don't understand it all, but, but help me believe because I know you are faithful. So yeah. well, and what I realized too, you know, the trials and the darkness that we walk through, God wants us to overcome. So we have authority in those areas. And so and it's, it can be so hard in the moment, but just in the moment, stop and worshiping the Lord, even if you don't feel like it and overcoming and declaring truth over yourself, because truly when you overcome, then you have authority in those areas. So as God is increasing the capacity or increasing the ministry or whatever, you will go through those, the suffering. And that's one thing that Western church really doesn't teach about is the suffering and knowing Christ in his suffering, right? And that's different for everybody, right? Maybe suffering for you is not for me and vice versa. And so knowing that God is doing so much in the suffering, I think in reminding yourself of that um, during those dark times. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I just think about like those I am statements of like, who are we in Jesus? And something had recently surfaced about 
looking at the first two chapters of Ephesians and circling or writing down everything that it says you are. And for whatever reason, it could be for one listener. I just feel like I'm going to put those in the show notes, you guys, just some of those I am statements that you can reference um, because it does, it helps every day. It helps our thinking. It helps us get on the right, the right track of mind with what God wants to do both in and through us. So oh, I would love to dive into so much more, but I want to honor your time and our listeners time. So as we start to wrap up, let's talk about what place you find yourself in um, or between and how we can pray for you in what's coming up next. Yeah, I would say it's really interesting because I was thinking about this question and, you know, just walking with the Lord, I realized it's all about the journey and not the destination. And so even like planning and forecasting, I have a really, really hard time with because I'm like, well, I don't know this. I'm just following Jesus. Right. And so, but I mean, from being in between from like where I am today and what I know God has promised, you know, just the in-between of vitality, like, okay, God, this thing was birthed and I put all my 401k into it. And do you want to shut it down? It's like, you know, the in-between of what God said and seeing it coming to fulfillment really with vitality would be the biggest, like the in-between that I am now. And then just a personal desire for a husband, you know, waiting for God's best for my life, which I know the Lord is, is in this season. He's allowing me to experience him as husband, which is a whole, like the bride of Christ, a whole new level of understanding relationship with the Lord. And so I see what he's doing. Um, But yeah, those were kind of the in-between where I'm at. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing with us. And we'll definitely be praying that God breathes life and vision into the future of vitality. And and even that 2022 could be the year. I'm believing for it. It's going to be the year. You're going to find your match. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, Allison. And again, listeners, I will tag all of the stuff regarding Rescue America in show notes. And if you have any other takeaways that you'd like to message us about, we'd love to hear them. So thanks for joining us on The Places Between, and we'll catch you again next week. We hope you enjoyed this week's show with Allison and were able to even glean some other tidbits of wisdom from things that we talked about. I just love seeing the conversations that come up when I talk with people week after week about God's faithfulness in writing our own stories. One of the things that I love, it's also part of just who she is, is that she's never had to walk through life without knowing who Jesus was. She also eventually learned that there's so much more to faith than just attending church. You might be in that same boat today. So if you want resources or if you want just tips on overcoming those limiting beliefs, check out our show notes today. I list a number of I am statements and even in the podcast earlier talked about going through Ephesians chapters one and two and circling the things that pop out at you regarding who you are in Christ and your identity in him. So As we look at 2022, some exciting things coming up or we're finally going to be rolling out retreats. I don't know if many of you tune in to us on social media, but you can find us on Instagram 
And I occasionally post on Facebook as well. But if you enjoyed today's episode or you want to see another guest on the future of The Places Between, will you do me a huge favor and send us a message? Or you can rate and even share it with somebody that you think could be encouraged from today's episode. So love you guys, praying for you, um, praying for 2022 and all the things that God has in store. So thanks for joining us this week on The Places Between, and we'll catch you again soon. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of The Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, thanks for taking time to dive into The Places Between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.